Uh, hello everybody, uh, my name is David James, I'm the uh, Managing Director of Total Car Check, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I, I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. So I've got a, a great guest because uh, this show is to inspire any, anyone who's listening who uh, is perhaps um, studying or uh, working in a corporate job or doing something they're not passionate about. Uh, I look for uh, guests that inspire me and inspire us uh, as an audience to do awesome things with our life, to have an awesome lifestyle. I think I found the guest that is going to help us understand the type of lifestyle you can actually create in this digital space, um, creating uh, apps, uh, working digitally, and uh, just doing what you're passionate about. Uh, so let me introduce uh, Rob Caraway. He is the owner of robcaraway.com. That's robcaraway.com. And uh, he's an iOS developer. He's been that for a, a long time, but more so an entrepreneur. And that's what also is very important. It's not just about development. It's about entrepreneurship. So Rob, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Yeah, great to be here, Paul. And uh, thanks for the glowing introduction. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I know that it was a very short notice, but I, I, as soon as I um, found out more about you, uh, then I was really excited about having this chat. So let's talk about, first of all, uh, you know, let's talk about what you used to do and then what you do now. How about that? So then we can learn about where you've come from. Sure, sure. You, I, um, I started making apps. I've been making apps my entire career, Paul. Um, I started in 2011. Um, I actually started from a hackathon. I don't know if you or your your listeners know what those are, but basically you get a weekend to come up with an idea, execute on, execute on the idea, and then try to pitch it to investors. And at that hackathon, um, we actually made we actually came up with an idea, and we tried to make an Android app. And at this time, I didn't really know how to program very well, so. But I, I had a lot of drive going for me, so I just went for it, uh, and I just became obsessed after that. And um, this was back in college, so uh, I, 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 it was a natural change for me to switch to iOS because I um, use iPhones, so I got bored with Android real quick. I switched to iPhones. And then, oh gosh, you know, I, I just kept at it. I started networking around the city that I'm from, which is New Orleans. Um, and I got involved in a startup, and then I eventually became like a co-founder of this startup. And, you know, this is like um, back in 2012, and I made a lot of failures there, and now here I am. Uh, in 2014, I had my first app success, and I sold that app portfolio after 725,000 downloads and around 200,000 in sales. So that's a little bit of a TLDR, a little bit of a, a summary, but uh, um, yeah. It's wonderful. You know, Rob, I'm inspired already. So uh, at college, uh, they um, tend to 
kind of direct you onto a like a typical career. You have not had a typical career. Uh, what? How challenging was it not to go down like a typical route, but just be inspired by this hackathon and then you know kind of go down the route of uh, development? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, Paul. I feel like I've always kind of. Um, kind of just marched to the beat of my own drummer. I, I think a lot of it is I worked a lot of jobs back in high school and college. You know, like your typical jobs, like waiting tables and uh, doing busboy. And I just, you know, I just like, I, I get so like into what I'm doing that I want to I want to improve the business. I, I, I noticed this back when I was waiting tables. I would kind of want to improve my workflow and I wanted to make sure everyone around me was doing good. But what ended up happening is I would get into conflicts with management and ownership because they didn't want some lowly waiter or whatever. Like (laughs) they didn't want me telling them how to run their business. So I would just get fired. I remember one time (laughs) I, I had a meeting. I called a meeting with one of the managers at this place I worked. And gave them a lot of suggestions because I thought that we could like improve scheduling and how scheduling works. And they just, they told me, oh, that sounds great. And then as I'm driving home, they give me a call and they're like, hey, don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess so these, funny. Like, yeah, I know. It's, um, it, it's funny to look back now. I was devastated at the time. But uh, these kind of experiences kind of like, planted the seed in my head that like, hey, I need to like work on my own. Uh, I need to do my own thing. Yeah, you know, for those listening, the Appster tribe, as I like to call my my community, uh, there's no doubt going to be people in the same situation as you were, where they're questioning what they're doing, trying to uh, improve, you know, almost like the mindset of an entrepreneur. And uh, it, it must be really uh, you know, useful hearing your story and that you can fail, you can get sacked and fired, as you say, uh, but like go on to actually find your own beat of your own drum. And uh, I mean, how um, challenging was it uh, to, to do that, given that, you know, a lot of us do uh, at your age, um, uh, you know, like do need the money and uh, it must be hard to you know, keep getting fired and and not actually bring in the money. How did you kind of cope with uh, the transition into startup life and, and working on your own? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. And it's definitely something I think about still a lot. Um, I, I think at the time I was in, if we go back then, I was in co- college and I was kind of able to leverage my time pretty effectively, but I I think a better example that we can look at is um, how I, this app portfolio that I sold last year um, after 200,000 sales, I started that in 2014 and I was kind of having that problem at that time. Um, I I, I think a lot of it is um, before you can really take the time to leverage and build your own product you the first step definitely is to get in control of your time and have the time to put into it and the way that i handled that is i had just kind of 
done this whole startup thing and I had some money saved up and so the only thing I was thinking about this time, I was living really cheaply. I think that's that's kind of important. Not so cheaply that you're like in like, you know, <laughs> poverty or anything like that, but uh, cheaply enough um, to where I could really uh, kind of work and, and not necessarily put all of my energy into just making money. Um, but after after I quit this startup, I had a, a kind of a, a little bit of cash that I had saved up and I really just spent like four months building this other product and kind of just like showing what I was worth. Um, because my, my goal was after around, this is April of 2014, was to find some kind of freelance clients, something where I, I wanted to be able to work from home. It doesn't necessarily have to be freelance for everyone. For me, it worked out uh, freelance is that I wanted to be able to work from home and I wanted to be able to uh, get the work done on my own schedule so that I wasn't wasting energy driving to and from work or dealing with all the energy sapping meetings that happened or anything like that. Like, I, I think if you really are in a position where you want to become an entrepreneur, the first thing you have to do is become an energy manager. You really need to, like, start kind of changing your life in a way that that gives you more of good of your good energy back because you need a lot of good energy, a lot of happiness, a lot of... Uh, just t time to be creative and not feel like you're totally being like weighed down by uh, man for lack of a better word just awful people you gotta yeah. well uh, yeah I mean I that, that, yeah. that's that's it flesh this out because this is so fascinating I love this uh, topic I mean I uh, I've spent my time in in corporate you know, America basically and working for American corporations uh, and actually City of London corporations and uh, you're right the meetings were just so painful and they typically would be sort of you know dominated by several people in a meeting uh, it would go on for uh, an hour the last five minutes was when the work was getting allocated and that's when everyone started rushing for the door hey, I just wanted to share this. I didn't want to do anything. And it's just so frustrating. But being an entrepreneur, you're actually responsible for your own output, your own energy. And uh, I love the way you talk about energy management. That's a, a fascinating uh, topic. I think for most people out there, if you are in that situation, that's, I mean, it's got to be your top priority. Because um, I, don't, I don't feel like you can do good work right like if you can maybe speak more from experience here paul being dragged down in conferences those kind of things make it really hard to do your best work you don't come out of those meetings feeling like a million bucks you know yeah actually that that's really interesting because i'm sure there's uh, now uh, many people listening who are feeling those same feelings that they've just been in a meeting and come out of that feeling worthless 
Um, but it's not plain sailing, is it? Like you said that you've had your failures along the way. And uh, what, in my experience, is that uh, when you work for a corporation, you work, you get paid, you have like this very, um, you know, association with uh, how much work you put in. Typically is like, uh, then you get promotion and then you get paid more. But with entrepreneurship, you can actually work uh, really hard and not get paid. And uh, it's a total, total reversal. Uh, how did you cope with that, um, you know, end of it? Uh, that's a really, really good, deep question. I, I, um, well, I was fortunate with my startup to have some funding and live off of that. You know, the thing is when you're, when you're in, when you're doing something that you're really, really passionate about, which, um, I've, you know, I've, I've gone through periods of my life where I've done a lot of things that I have not been passionate about and just been kind of collecting a, uh, paycheck or collecting cash just so to pad my comfort. I, I think when you, when you start to do something that you're really passionate about, money actually just becomes less of an issue. I just start, I just like, I'm in that period right now in my life. I'm just not even really thinking about it. I'm kind of just like, um, it becomes like more of a vehicle than it does like just, oh, I need to buy this. Oh, I could, you know, let me, I need to, my uh, shirts know, are Rob, getting. I, I hear you. This is, I'm, I'm loving this because you're onto something here uh, in a way and I've gone through this same experience in that uh, when you're working you need money to escape your life in a way you know you need to go on big holidays or um, you know buy a nice car um, buy buy something you know because you kind of escape, escape the boredom escape, escape um, but when you have the immense freedom that this life offers that we have you know uh, developing and working from home, uh, being in charge of your own uh, projects and your own output, then it becomes beyond money. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I think coming back to your point, because I, I think I'm, I'm scratching the surface of your original question, um, that uh, like, how do you get to that point? You know, you're in a job and you're, 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 you're feeling almost oppressed by... I, I really think it happens, and I know this is very, very, very cliche to say, but it, it just happens one step at a time. So, like, let's say you're you're in that position and you're doing something you don't like. Um, I, I really think, like, a, the, a first really good step is, to, you know, just get a website. Um, get, get a home base online, I think, is a really good first step because... Your vehicles for getting out of that situation where you're in a really poor, you know, just not doing work that you love. Your vehicle to do that, uh, like we were talking about earlier, entrepreneurship, just jumping in and making money off of products. It'll, it's going to take you a, a good while. There's no way around it. It's going to take you a good while to figure that game out. So your first step is to figure out how you can get more of your time back. And I think a good vehicle for that is freelancing. There is also the path of finding a remote full-time job or a 
a job where you have the ability to have leverage with your employer and be like, hey, I want to work from home or hey, as long as I get what I get as you need me to get done, I'm going to get it done, but I would like to be able to do what I want in this time, which seems crazy. I know plenty of people that do this kind of thing and have gotten their start this way. So if you're in that position and you want to get to the freedom, you've got to take these small steps and just continue to incrementally get more and more of your energy back. Right. Now, Rob, I'd love to now transition to maybe get, get a bit more specific on your success, um, because uh, earning money on the App Store is uh, a lot of people, are th- you know, are starting to get to despondent with the whole process. You know, we hear about billions being uh, poured out to developers, but where's all that money going? It's, it's becoming very corporatized in a way. Um, but you have managed to... Uh, you know, get 750,000 downloads and then uh, 200,000 sales and then sell the portfolio. Um, any any kind of tips, growth hacks that we can learn from you to emulate what you've done there? Yeah, you know, I, I always give advice that a lot, I think a lot of early entrepreneurs find very counterintuitive. And um you really, you, you really cannot force a successful idea into existence. Like you can't just make something up and have it work. Um, the way that I had success is I kind of just plugged, I, I immersed myself into other people's problems. And so I would like ask people I knew in real life, uh, what problems, like what, what is, I would make sure they knew I was an app developer. And honestly, most times, once they knew that, they would be like, oh, I've got this great idea. So it was kind of just this art form of like getting people to tell me their ideas. And um, I also did that online. And in fact, this app I made, GiftShare, the one that was the bulk of the downloads, probably somewhere around 400,000 of the downloads, um, I found that idea um, from asking someone I had met online if they had any problems in the mobile space. And um, he was like, yeah, you know, uh, you can't put uh, .gif files onto Instagram. It's kind of a bummer. And so I would like to be able to do that. And so I just like, I was like, hey, there might be something here, you know? Um, let, me, let me do some research on the web here. And um, it turned out there was a problem there. There was a lot of traffic being searched for this problem. There was no competition or very little competition. And um, there was, people were finding weird ways to solve the problem that were just not optimal, that an app would totally blow out of the water had they had access to an app. So at that point, um, I just went ahead and built a really, really minimal app just to see if people would download it. Or even before that, I created a, a landing page. I just created a web landing page just to see if people would even click on the landing page. And uh, lots of people did. And I think kind of um, the moral of this story is like you really can't just like I, I see a lot of developers, especially in the app space, 
kind of trying to force ideas into um, into existence. Um, I, I, I'm not saying uh, their head is in the wrong space. They probably come in with good intention, but I, I think at least for me, the better way is to just open yourself up. Don't, don't be so impatient. Open yourself up to finding ideas, like real ideas and being very patient until you find something that really works. Yeah, because this, this is a fascinating subject, very relevant. Of course, um, we're all going through launches and, um, you know, like an app launch seems to be the sole focus on app entrepreneurs. You know, they're always talking about the big launch and trying to get as much uh, attention and media. And uh, we've had journalists on this uh, podcast in the past. I remember a, a wonderful chat with a TechCrunch journalist who left to start his own startup and then came back after failing over two years. And he had uh, incredible press because he was so connected into the, the press. And that did not work. What I love about your suggestion, Rob, and what we can all learn from you is, uh, and this is the big theme of my show over all these hundreds of episodes, is start with the problem first. And you, um, and what you've said that's very unique, I've never heard uh, on from any other guest, is you can actually search for problems by meeting people online and just uh, asking them. And that's how you uh, got to find out about uh, the problem with uh, GIFs. And uh, yeah, that's uh, wonderful advice. Yeah, I, I, I think we, you know, the, the, the thing about apps and, and just about any entrepreneurship idea is what you're really doing is you're improving, you're kind of optimizing someone's workflow. So for me, it was, it was people who had a lot of Instagram followers. They wanted, they were doing hacky things to get gifts onto their profile because their customers laughed and they liked and they spread those kind of Instagram posts. So essentially what I'm doing is I'm like, I'm, I'm optimizing someone's workflow. Uh, and you really can't, you can't just make those things up. You can't just like brainstorm because you, you almost never know what type of problems people are going to actually be facing with their workflows unless it's your own workflow. That's a different, that's a different type of uh, problem. And um, I am just starting to really experience, uh, experiment with that kind of thing. So Yeah, we've had a lot of guests on this show who have scratched their own itch, if you like, and uh, solved their own problems. Um, but... What 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 it's almost like? I feel feel it's something we're learning here, which is um, it's a way of, you know, not having to push the um, the boulder up the mountain. You know, just like trying to find the problems, and then eventually it will uh, roll down the mountain quite freely. <laughs> and uh, I guess, it, but the one thing that um, we haven't explored, and you can go into it as much detail as you like, or. Um, whatever, it is the fact that you successfully sold a portfolio of apps, including this uh, gift share. And I know that um, there's, a, you know, like a lot of listeners who would love to know any tips you can give on how to get that sort of attention of a buyer for your portfolio. Yeah, um, that was, <laughs> that was actually kind of an easier, easier than I thought it would be. Um, I, I really just Googled um, just various things around buying people who buy apps, just different search terms, probably 
only researched it for like two hours and then you eventually kind of just stumble on people who have been known to do so and I would gather their emails and then I sent them emails like hey I've got this app and I would give them all the details and usually they would come back at me like okay uh, I need a little bit more data can you sh like can you explain this and you you just go through that and um, you know ultimately uh, it was a pretty easy deal because I found it, it comes back to a, a big theme in my life I like to work with people that make things easy and are really enjoyable to work with and the guy I ended up selling to did both of those. He was just a really cool guy. Uh, made the sale really um, painless for me. Um, and at that, at that point in my time, and I think we could really dive into this, I was really done with working on these problems. Um, and so I just wanted to sell it. I just wanted to move on to the next project. Um, yeah, genius advice. You know, Googling people who buy apps is seriously the first time anyone has suggested that. And it seems so obvious, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, uh, remarkable. And, and I love the fact that you mentioned people um, that you work with, you have to like and, and trust. And that's one of the reasons I do this podcast. It introduces me to uh, people that I uh, uh, I get to know and really like working with and I can do a number of different joint ventures uh, and also they've listened to you know many hours of me speaking and so there's this trust element and it just it it's a lot better working with those uh, those types of people than um, you know trying to find cold clients and cold leads and uh, you know really then working with people that because of course we don't get into this uh, game uh, to work with people that we really don't like working with, do we? Otherwise, we'd just go back to corporate corporate land. <laughs> so. Right, right. And I, I think my whole pursuit of entrepreneurship, more than anything, has taught me that that's the most important thing. Um, and I, I think I can actually dive in a little bit more to why I sold Giftshare. So the, the thing about solving someone else's problems is that after a while, I, I stopped having, um, and I know this is kind of like a, a business to consumer type of problem, because uh, you get like, um, when you're getting hundreds of downloads a day, it feels a little bit more impersonal, but the problem is still there. And that's the people I was solving this problem for, um, I personally couldn't relate to on a, on a I, I just, I didn't have much in common with my, uh, with my most typical customer, uh, with Giftshare and GiftLab, and um, because I didn't really use the apps myself, um, so uh, that it, it's it's weird to look at it in that way because you think it's you know a little bit of a different relationship with entrepreneur and customer, but it, it is the same. And and after two years, it kind of grinded on me a while. And that's ultimately why I sold uh, Giftshare. Is uh, I just I, I couldn't relate to the people I was um, I was selling to, and I think that's kind of why now I'm in a point where maybe I want to scratch my own itch, and uh, maybe I'll work for <laughs> you know you know we'll see how that goes. Well, it, you know, in the in the last two or three minutes that we have with each other, Rob, uh, what what sort of stuff are you looking to work on in the future? 
Oh, that's a really good question. I'm, you know, I, I mentioned how uh, problems come to me through kind of engaging my own, uh, just getting, immersing myself in my own work, and they kind of just come, they just kind of surface, you know? Um, so right now, I, I'm just, uh, I work on a few side projects. They're really just to solve my own problem, though. I'm not like, I'm at a point where I don't really feel the need necessarily to, Necess to, to work on things that are going to uh, be big businesses, I just want to work on projects that are going to improve my own workflow because then I just get, even if it doesn't turn into a business, it improves the way I work. So it still was beneficial to me. Yeah, it almost, yeah, it almost goes, it comes around to what we were speaking about earlier, which is your you know, number one priority is not profit. It's, uh, you know, having a passion for what you're doing. Uh, so that's, it sounds like you're, you know, you're, you're kind of like exploring different projects, but, uh, you know, none of these are grand plans to conquer the world. They're just uh, problems that you're interested in solving. Yeah, I mean, that's where I am. And I do share with my email list uh, a lot of, I guess that's kind of my, if you want to even call it an entrepreneurial venture, I don't, I, I'm kind of just doing it for fun. I'm just kind of sharing everything I know and asking people, you know, I, I respond to just pretty much every email and I ask people like, hey, what are you dealing with right now? If you could take a magic wand and wave it, how would your problems get solved? You know, like, you know, um, things like that. Well, uh, Rob, it's been wonderful trying to get into the mindset of a true entrepreneur and especially someone as cool as you. And uh, sadly, we've got to the end of the episode, but we, you know, what would be great is, uh, well, there's going to be full show notes on uh, episode 517. So for the Appster Tribe, just go to theappguy.co and search for Rob Carraway. That's uh, uh, episode 517, theappguy.co. But Rob, uh, how best can people reach out and connect with you and, uh, you know, kind of get some uh, follow-up questions going to you? Yeah, I think the best way is to go to my website, robcareway.com, and um, join my email list. And then, or you can just um, send me an email. My email is hello at robcareway.com. Uh, I, I do have a Twitter, it's robcareway4. Uh, but I think I engage with my email list a lot, um, a lot better than any other platform. And we can, and I like having kind of like personal conversations. So I think that's the best way to reach out to me. Yeah, well, wonderful. I mean, uh, the last several episodes have uh, gone. There's been quite a Twitter frenzy on uh, some of the subjects, especially um, uh, you know leaving a, a corporate um, type of environment. So. I feel like uh, we've touched on some really wonderful content. Uh, Rob, wonderful to speak to you on the App Guide podcast. And uh, I, I can't wait to hear and see what comes out of uh, robcarraway.com for the future. Yeah, I really, really appreciate you having me on here, Paul. This was a good time. <laughs>